Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by Pastor Tom Sturbins. Brenda mentioned a moment ago we're in the season called Think Thanks. I need everyone to hear. Please hear me. How many know the Holy Spirit is enthroned on the praises of God's people? God's presence. So we can expect him to be here. And as I've said many times, if Psalm 22, 3, which it says, Thou art holy, O God, who are enthroned on the praises of your people, Israel. Do we believe that to be simply some kind of meme and nothing more? Or does that really happen? When we worship, is the presence of God somehow dynamically brought to bear in our moments of worship. In other words, has God's throne somehow come closer? <clears throat> the Bible says to draw near to God while he may be found. See, it's, it's, it, But the Bible also said that God is around us. He goes before us, behind us, encompasses us round about. So in terms of the presence of God, he is with us every moment. How many are glad to know that as a child of God, he's with you? But see, then there's another sense of his presence that they refer to, Scripture refers to as a manifest presence, a sense of that intensifying sense of presence. And I believe that is what the psalmist was talking about in Psalm 22, 3. Thou art holy, O God, who are enthroned on the praises of of your people, Israel. Now, in times fast, past and extemporaneously, like right now, we didn't plan it. I've had Jose run over there and grab the mid-stage traveler curtain and pull it down, and I shoved all the worship team behind it. And I said this statement, what would happen if God pulled back the veil between two worlds here on Sunday morning, November 15th, and he let us see what is just on the other side of the veil? Well, I happen to believe that Revelation chapter 4, by the way, Rhea didn't know that I was going there this morning when she began to share that with you. doesn't until this moment. Revelation chapter 4 speaks of John, John the Apostle being in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Now, that's coded language that I've taught on extensively. In the Spirit is for John, a phrase back from the Gospel of John chapter 4. And it's sort of a code phrase that means worship. He says, those who worship the Lord will worship in spirit and in truth. So I believe when he says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day, the first day of the week, Sunday, he was saying, I was worshiping on the day that believers have set aside for worship. I was worshiping. We believe that he was worshiping all by himself. He was on an Isle of Patmos sentenced there because of his testimony for Jesus Christ. He was put there. And it says, and suddenly behind him, he heard the blast of a trumpet, and he turned and looked, and a door opened between two worlds. Right in the middle of his worship, a door opened between two worlds, and what does he see? He sees Psalms 22, 3. Thou art holy, O God, who are enthroned upon the praises of your people, Israel. So that years ago, when I first did that, and I dropped this mid-stage traveler right about here, and I put all the band back there, and I come, and I'm singing all by myself, holy Holy, holy is, stop son, the Lord, just my voice, God Almighty, Lord of all. Well, see, that prompted us right here to write the third verse to the other song. Now I'm redeemed. It wasn't part of the song originally. Now I can sing. 
See, because when that door opened between two worlds, he didn't just see God on his throne. He saw the seraphim, these incredible angelic beings around the thrones crying out, holy, holy. And it said as they begin to give glory and thanks and honor, it said then just out from them, see the throne in the center, who will make this the throne. Just out and around that are the seraphim. Just out from the seraphim are the elders who said, and they begin to say, thou art worthy to receive glory and honor and power. Something begins to happen in the heavens. So I, I believe this. And then the, the scene continues unfold to where we see all of the redeemed of the Lord that have gone ahead and they become part of this massive choir of praise. And we came away from that, oh goodness, probably 10 years ago in saying this, that there's never a moment when you are closer to those who have gone ahead than when you sing a song of praise. Everybody get that? Because holy, holy is the Lord. But then I discover in the realm of the spirit that when that curtain begins to be lifted, worship team, grab your mic and sing with me, that I'm not singing alone. See, I'm joining heaven's song that's already going on. Come on. Holy, holy. It describes this symphony of indescribable instrumentation that joins in. God Almighty. So here, last us Now I stand redeemed. Now I can sing, for my eyes have seen the risen King. Remember this throne, Hebrews 4 says, now I can boldly come right before His throne. I'm joining heaven's song. You need to know this today. You'll never sing alone. You see, here's today is, is this day of think thanks, and I'm I'm messed up lately. I got to tell you, I'm not saying that to be preachery, sensational, or emotive. I'm telling you, oh my goodness, we're living in a time with the virus, with with political uncertainty, and all this stuff going on. I'm going to come to that again, like I did last week, because this is critical. But I want to show you something. Isaiah chapter 4, excuse me, Revelation chapter 4. We're going to begin around verse 8. Amanda, if you could pop that up there. I want you to see this and why thanksgiving is so critical. Any act of thanksgiving. It says in the four living creatures, these are the seraphim. They first appear in scripture in Genesis 3. One of the teachings on Revelation as we closed out the first part of the study weeks ago were about these guys. And what we learned is these seraphim they, the, their job was to hold open and reserve the seed of mercy that our Savior would take. Oh my, do I love studying that, okay? But it says, we saw these four living creatures, each one of them having wings or full of eyes around and within, day and night. They do not cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty. Now what you're going to learn by the time you get to the following chapter, verses 9 and 12, 13, you'll learn that in fact they don't say that anymore. They, have, they do cease to say. And the lamb, the entry of the lamb changes everything. Changes everything. So it says, they do not cease to say, holy, holy is the Lord God, the almighty who was and is to come. And when the living creatures, watch it, three words, glory, that's essence. And then we, we study that here a lot. I don't have time to digress. It means the full weight of God's self-opinion. 
God says, let me not only tell you about myself, but when I tell you about myself, let me present you with myself. Because Paul would write, Christ in me, the hope of glory. God says, I don't want to just talk about me. I want to plan my deepest plant, my deepest opinion of me in your heart, which is why 2 Corinthians 3 says, I'm going to write it on your heart. And what's going to happen is you're going to be transformed from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. So that's what's going on here. But watch this, what it says, glory and, and honor and thanks. Watch. Honor is that word, time, uh, tamao, that means to, it's the, it's the means by which valuation happens. So when you honor something, you put value on it. What has value in your life? Now watch the third phrase. And here's something I did not see until just early, early this morning, and it continued to be part of messing me up. And thanks, glory and honor and thanks. Beloved, if you ask someone what they're thankful for, you're gonna learn what they value. Please, I wanna say that again. If you ask someone what they're thankful for, you're gonna learn what they value. Do it this week. What are you thankful for? Well, I'm thankful that, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful <laughs> for what my wife said. The first thing on her list was thankful for, she wrote about me. I read what she wrote, just sat there, read it two or three times. I've told her she doesn't ever need to write another thing about me, she can just copy that and put, in, put it in any birthday card or Christmas card or anniversary card until I die. The same thing will work over and over and over. Well, apparently, if she's giving thanks for me, that means that, and I'm first on the list, that I enjoy some place of priority valuation in her life. Yes! I want you to see this. What we give thanks for is the result of what we glory and what we honor, what we attribute value to. That is why we give thanks. Now, hang on, we're not done. But it says here, the glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, that's God the Father, and to him who lives forever and ever. Watch what happens. After that happens, it says, then the 24 elders, they join in fall down before him who sits on the throne and will worship him who lives forever and ever. And they take it a step further. They'll cast their crowns before the throne saying, here it comes, worthy are you, our Lord, our God, to receive glory and honor and power because uh, for you created all things and because of you, by the way, that's important. The original language says, because of you, they are, 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 they just are. Things are because we serve a God whose earliest declaration of himself was simply this. If you say, you go looking for understanding what holy is, you find one of the definitions at the burning bush, Exodus 3, Moses, if you're not familiar with the story, the leader leading captive slaves, Israelites for 400 years. They've been in slavery. Now he's leading them to a place of promise and possession. Prior to that, Moses has a, an encounter with God at the burning bush, and he says, who are you? He says, that I am that I am. You see, the term holy is a term that I'm fascinated with because anything that we have starts at holy. If we don't understand what holy is, there is no faith, there is no worship. You see, God describes himself in many places. He said, I am holy. Now, this is... I'm going to do my best. I've prayed through the morning. God, I don't want to leave any kind of abstract thought on the table. But holy stuff, 
Can you trust me just to say, if I were to distill holy to a single word, you've heard it here, we teach it, it would be W-H-O-L-E. And what that means is God is whole and complete. He lacks nothing. Do you understand that God doesn't, is not bound by time, space, and matter? He created time, space, and matter. God lives outside time, space, and matter. That sweater is held together by interdependent cooperation between atoms and molecules. This wood on the edge of the stage is held together by an interdependent interlocking of atoms and molecules. It only has substance because of interdependency. Anything you see here is held together at a molecular level. And you said, dude, thank you for the science lesson. Here's the point. Our God exists outside of time, space, and matter. He doesn't depend on another thing to exist. We can't conceive of that. We can't understand that. And because of that, we make the mistake of doing things like thinking, we sing because God needs my song and it makes his day better. If we never sang another song, God would still be holy. If we never prayed another prayer, God would still be holy. When he shows up and he says, I am the I am, I challenge you to fill in the blank. Well, what does that mean? He says, if you are hurt, I am your healing. If you are damaged, I am your comfort. If you've been abused and treated wrong and smashed to pieces, I am your redeemer that will put your life back together. I am redemption. You go ahead and fill in the blank. Whatever it is that you need, he am. He doesn't do it. He am it. That's what holy is. Holy. And it is why in these moments that when we try to articulate it, in moments of worship as we encounter the holy, things begin to happen we didn't even ask for. Come on. We come into this worship service. Holy, holy is. And all the I am presents himself. And when the I am shows up. Um, fluorescent light. Invisible ink. Turn out the lights. Turn on the fluorescent light. The invisible ink pops up, right? Holy does that to our lives. Holy brings our attention to points of need and pain, hurt, emptiness, insufficiency that we didn't even know was there. That's what holy does. It comes and it's that fluorescent light on that invisible ink of the brokenness and the hurt and the pain. Why? Is God wanting to rub our face in it? No. God says, I want you to know that I see what you've come to ignore because you thought it wouldn't go away. And I'm the provision for what that is right there. I am healing. I am hope. I am love. I am joy. I am peace. I am provision. Holy, holy. Well, see, what invites that into the equation is Thanksgiving. And I didn't see it because it, and those seraphims started all off. Well, ultimately, whatever, and I want you to get this, I want you to read it off the screen. Whatever we give thanks for will define what we regard as holy. Now, I'm moving and you got to keep up. You have those, Amanda? Whatever we give thanks for, we will for, we'll define what we regard as holy. Would you read that with me? Whatever we give thanks for, 
Take pictures of that with your phone. Leave it right there because there's three or four of these that you need to have this week. It's going to change what happens when you go home with your spouse. Now, what happens is what starts with holy then turns to worthy by the time you get to the end of chapter 4. Then John is standing watching this scene. There's this incredible scroll of God's will in the hand of him who sits on the throne. Earlier verses of John chapter Revelation 5 says, I began to weep for no one was worthy. Now let me tell you about worthy for a minute. When the elder said, thou art worthy. It is the word that describes a scale, not a debt. A scale. I want you to think in terms of an old-fashioned scale. See that? You weigh something. In the ancient days, they didn't have early on fixed currency. You could bring gold and they had weights and they would put your gold, whether it was little pieces, stones, rocks, whatever, over and against the weight, which by the way is one of the definitions of the term glory in the Old and New Testament. Whew. They, listen, they, everyone pay attention. They would put it on a scale and they would tell you what it was. Somebody tell me what I just left out. They would tell you what? What it was, I want everybody to say worth, loud. Worth. Now, I want you to get what's going on here. When the seraphim begin to say, holy, 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 and they give thanks, all of a sudden, there's a transaction point. Because what we start at by declaring holy, ultimately, please pay attention. Please pay attention because you understand why we worship. And I, I've said this as many times as i said this. That what we regard as holy ultimately informs what we hold as worthy or having worth as having worth hallelujah what we regard as holy informs everything else our values our attitude our actions now watch this so holy holy is the lord turns into you alone are worthy lord why we are only redeemed because holy, a holy God, became an accessible God. Revelation 4 reveals this God in his, in just an immense, indescribable majesty, seeming unapproachable. Then you get to chapter 5 and the Lamb enters the second person of the Trinity. That God on the throne, just everything about chapter 4, all 11 verses resonates with, oh my goodness, this is awesome. What do I do now in the presence of this? Isaiah said, man, I got to run back because this is more than I can bear. But it says, pause, then a lamb entered. Everything changed. And then the song changes around verse 9 and verse 13. It says, a new song began to be sung. They sang a new song saying, worthy are you to take the book and break its seal for you were slain and you purchased for God with your blood men from every tribe and tongue and people. Now it says in there that John saw him step in between the seraphim and the throne and take his seat. You see, when the Hebrew writer would write, we can now approach the throne of grace boldly. It's because a lamb sits right next to it on a seat called mercy. That's the only way we can approach it. Oh my goodness. Everything changes in chapter 5 from this indescribable God of majesty to an entirely approachable, redeeming lamb of God, lion of Judah. <clears throat> if God is not holy, he is not worthy. Would you say that with me? 
If God is not holy, he is not, what do I mean by that? Watch, leave that up there, please, Amanda. If God is not the source of my wholeness, he cannot fill my worth. You understand that worth and worthy, worth shaping is worthship, to shape the worth. It's why we worship. You see, worship is ultimately an act of stating what is holy. Please get this. Worship states what is holy. Now, here's the thing. You see, thanksgiving, remember from the mouth of the seraphim, thanksgiving not only declares what holy is, it invites what holy does. Leave that there for a second. Why do you think in no less than three locations, the apostle Paul writes these verses that I've been angry about forever, and I don't know that I ever saw the understanding of it until today. He says this word, eucharisteo. He says, Give th- in, in, uh, in Thessalonians, he says, give thanks for everything. Philippi- Philippians, even if you're anxious and your t- heart's torn in half, give thanks in all- everything. Ephesians, give thanks for everything in everything. I don't know about you, but I don't like giving thanks for circumstances I don't like. How many know that is a ridiculous proposition? And Philippians just brings it to bear inescapably. He says, don't be anxious. So he's clearly saying, I realize you're in the grip. That word means a divided mind. It means you're living in the grip of something that is taking your mind and tearing it into two pieces. And he says, be anxious in nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, giving thanks to God. Great. Let's tiptoe through the tulips and just pretend like nothing's bad. For years, I thought, that's what he's talking about. We'll just pretend. It's not a bad world after all. It's not bad stuff. Like we're pretending. And then this morning, conviction hit me. With it's like, oh. You see, Paul said that he also had a visit to the third heaven. He didn't write much about it. I'm suspicious that he saw this and he came back and said, I got a secret for you. You want to alter your circumstances? Offer thanksgiving. Because thanksgiving is the means by which you invite holy into your circumstances. Thanksgiving not only declares what holy is, it invites what holy does. And when holy shows up, what? Everything that you thought didn't have any worth and any benefit, worthy flows into the, to the pathway that holy creates. We got to get this. Now, why is that important? Now, here's where you may get aggravated. I'm going back to last week because I found some new words I didn't know were there. Isaiah chapter 8. We're living in a culture right now where everybody's going, <laughs> oh, what's gonna, who's going to be president? What's going to happen? Pandemic, the economy. I mean, we don't know. Riots, protests, everything's bad. It's horrible, it's horrible, it's horrible. Oh, 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 oh. And we get sucked into that. Isaiah chapter 8. For thus uh, the Lord spoke to me, saying, with mighty power and instructed me not to walk in the way of this people. Not to walk in the way of this people. What are you being informed by? Cultural ideology? I got bunches of other scripture I just don't have time to go to about why he was writing it, about them being influenced by the culture and creating idols. There's only one place it goes, but let's watch this. You are not to walk in the way of this people. You are not to say... It's a conspiracy in regard to all that the people call conspiracy. You're not to fear what they fear or be in dread of it. I want you to watch the word of God here closely. You need to watch these verses. Watch the sequence of these terms. Last night, I bugged 
I have access to a real live Hebrew scholar who teaches the language and I bug him every now and then. I said, okay, I need you to help me. I said, the word fear, and I don't ever call him until I've done due diligence. I said, Dr. Martin, the word fear in the Hebrew, I said, I'm aware of it, it has five different expressions or meanings. And I said, but it appears to boil down primarily to two. Fear being the emotional reaction to a sense of threat or dread. And then in context, fear meaning reverence and awe of God. And it's entirely, the meaning of the word entirely depends on the context. So you, you fear and awe, okay? Uh, 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 fear and that which drives us to worship. So I begin looking at this and seeing the tongue-in-cheek statements of this prophet. He says, you're not to, to get sucked into all of this and to regard to all the people call a conspiracy. You're not to fear what they fear. Watch this. Or be in dread of it. Now, you would expect him to skip do not fear what they fear or be in dread of it. You'd expect him to skip to the second half of this verse. Go to 13, please, Amanda. And, and because he shall be your fear. And he flips the word. Instead of being afraid and feeling threatened, hold God in reverence. He shall be your fear and he shall be your dread. But he doesn't say that. He says, you shall not fear what they fear or be in dread of it. And then he inserts it. It is the Lord of hosts whom you regard as holy. Why does he put that in there? Watch this. Because fear in terms of being afraid and threatened and fear in terms of invited reverence are only a hairbreadth apart. And he's telling us what happens in culture. He is saying this. He says, don't fear what they fear. I'm holy. Why did he say? He, shouldn't have, he should have skipped to the second half. Fear me, dread me if you're going to dread. But he doesn't say that. Why? Because he is saying what culture fears becomes their holy. Yeah. Hear me. What culture fears only declares the source of what they see as whole, complete, and, and gives them worth. Right now, they're fearful about politics. They're fearful about economy. They're fearful about this. They're fearful about that. And what are they doing? Trying to suck the church into that same fear. Join us in that same fear. Beloved, hear me. When the prophet rises up and said, wait, do not fear what they fear because if you do, you will make holy and you will see as your source what they see as your source. Stay with me. Your source is not political outcomes. Your source is not economy. Your source is not cultural, social stability. Your source is the one God who exists, exalted above all things. Holy, holy. We're not using our stuff. He says, if, is the Lord of hosts whom you should regard as holy. He shall be your fear and he shall be your dread. And then he shall become a sanctuary. Did you know the word holy and sanctuary are identical roots? Sanctuary, the word holy, I just said, sanctuary is translated typically holy place. Watch that. Why is that important? I love the word sanctuary because we treat it as a safe place that we run to. Safe place we run to. Bro, beloved, my, I want you to hear me. My safe place to run to isn't political outcome. Somebody will be president. I don't know who. 
and there, there could be a lot of corruption and shenanigans going on, guess what? We live in a world of sin, dictated to by sin. I don't know why you're surprised when sin shows up. We're living in a world that is led by the three statements that happened in the Garden of Eden, deception, fear, and hiding. We live in a world that hides from God. John chapter three said that. We don't. Why we look out there and we're surprised that they don't act like we act, it's because they don't regard as holy what we regard as holy. And I will not be sucked into their mindset. I will not take my holy things and offer it as a remedy to their fear. I will not be pulled into that. What is God doing? Have I said too much? You can email me or text me. I've done my best to really, and whenever you talk about holy, it's complex. It just is because it describes this being we really have no description for. Matter of fact, he would say that to the prophet. He says, take your best words and take a shot at it. But after you're done with your best words, I am beyond anything you see, know, touch, feel, or understand. When you've done your best job, that's why I've said, in debating with pastors who are ready to label everyone a heretic if they don't believe what they believe, I will typically say, tell me who God is. Tell me about God. And they'll begin to use their terms. They'll begin to use worldly, earthly terms and quote scripture. And the moment you do that, do you understand? The moment you you describe God as something else, he says, when you compare me to any likeness or image, it's become idol worship. And I'll just fire back at him and say, you just committed heresy right there. I'm saying it tongue in cheek because God certainly isn't opposed to us taking our best shot to try and define him. Beloved, what I want to tell you is we invite a holy God into our life that transcends the limitations of the circumstances we're in. What we already put up there, what we regard as holy informs everything else, our value, our attitude, our actions, what we are thankful for. Let me see. I left off a verse last week. I want to make sure I'm not leaving one off this week. All right. Oh, did you know, First Peter, watch this. He quotes Isaiah, First Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. I don't think I sent that to you, Amanda, but watch how fast she is. First uh, Peter chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. She, she really is amazing, okay? Uh, there's a gift there. Now, who is there to harm you if you prove zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer in the aftermath of a political outcome, cultural upheaval, whatever it may be, For the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear their intimidation. The Greek word is actually fear, and it is a quote of Isaiah. Do not fear what they fear, and do not be troubled. Well, what do I do? Invite holy. Watch verse 14. But sanctify. Everybody remember what sanctify is? Sanctify is the verb tense of holy. For those of us who have dug a little more deeply into Scripture, there's two words that don't have a verb form. You see, the word righteous doesn't have a verb form, so it's translated, you've been justified. And I've told you before, whenever you see justified in the New Testament, stick in there, righteousized. I've been righteousized. Whenever you see sanctified, stick in there, holyized. That's the verb form. But holyized isn't a verb. So they say sanctified. But let me read this to you just the way, it, according to Tom's translation, it should be written. Do not fear their fear and do not be troubled. But holy eyes, Christ is Lord in your hearts, already always be. What does he say? Be thankful. Your marriage got trouble? God, I thank you for my marriage. I thank you for my husband. I thank you for our life. You got trouble at your job? Your boss is a moron. Father, I thank you for my boss. 
Lord, I invite the presence of the Almighty God who, last time I checked, is a ruling authority above his authority. So I thank you for my boss. Lord, I pray that the presence of the throne of God would enter this place and I declare that you are not only holy, but you inform my word. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I expect to see a whole lot more Facebook posts about think thanks, a created consciousness of thanksgiving that's intentional. Some of you, I'm dead serious, some of you need to grab your spouse before you get out of this building, grab them by the shoulder and say, I want to start right here. I'm thankful for you. I am so thankful for you in my life. And for some of them, they may get, oh, you're saying that because we got some things going on. Pastor Tom told you to say that. I don't care. Don't, don't fail to say it because of that. But for the majority of you, it's just a statement. You're not resolving anything. You're, you're saying, by saying, I'm thankful for you. I'm not only inviting holy into our marriage, I'm inviting what holy does. And I'm declaring that you are an opportunity to be a vehicle of that. Try it at the checkout counter when the checkout person is a jerk. Just sort of turn into your Superman booth and say, Father, I thank you for this checkout person that's being a jerk to me right now in Jesus' name. Thank you for the person that cuts you off in traffic and holds up a peace sign minus one finger. Father, I thank you for that moron that just cut me off in traffic. I just pray your blessings on their life in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. God, you are holy. Does anybody know, anybody get what I'm talking about? We're different breed. We walk into the face of stuff. And so what's going to happen tomorrow morning, this afternoon, Tuesday afternoon, when you're facing overwhelming circumstances, you're going to step into your Superman booth and say, Holy, holy is. What are you thankful for this morning? Thankful is not just nice words acknowledging traits, tendencies, or potential good things. Paul tells us to give thanks for everything. Why? I'm going to say it again. Because it not only invites what whole, declares what holy is, it invites what holy does. All of a sudden, it becomes the source of my worth system. Where we say, oh God, you alone have the power to measure what anything is worth. You're the source of all worth. And because you are worthy, because you are worthy, you can and have redeemed me. Uh, years ago, I wrote lyrics to a song and tried to finish it and couldn't it. But it said, when I see holy, I say worthy. That's what holy is to me. When I see holy, I sing worthy. Because that's what holy made of me, worthy made of me. Oh my goodness, it changes everything. Stand to your feet. We're going to sing a little bit more or a lot more. I don't know. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.